Welcome, welcome, welcome here to God Squad Church. My name is Susie, and I have the honor and the privilege to be the preaching pastor here at God Squad Church. I want to say welcome. If you're here for the first time, okay, will you say hello in the chat? Will we spam some hearts in the chat for all of the new people? Spam some welcome, spam some all the good things, some hearts, everything. It's good to have you. Hey, whether you're watching live during first service, second service, YouTube, even on Spotify, it is an honor and a privilege to have you here. Hey, you're joining us in week number three of our series entitled Breathing Room. And if you're just joining us, I want to encourage you, hey, get back on the YouTube channel, God Squad Church, and check out the first two messages, okay? We've been talking about the premise behind this series, Breathing Room, where essentially all of us, most of us are living busy lives. Like, we got stuff to do, we got stuff to get done, and sometimes it feels like there's not enough hours in the day to get it all done. Sometimes it just, you can't get it all done. A lot of us are living stressful lives all the time, always anxious, always wondering, how am I going to get it all done? Now, don't misunderstand me. God wants us to be productive. He wants us to stay busy, but he doesn't always want us to be rushed. He doesn't always want us to be stressed. And just because you might have a stressful season doesn't mean we need to always have a stressful life. And so we've been in this series, Breathing Room, essentially looking at the life of Jesus and asking God, how can we get some room to breathe in our schedules, in our lives, in our day-to-day? And you're joining us for week number three, and we've been talking, really using this illustration of a hard drive. Let's get that picture back up on the screen. And if you understand computers at all, which I understand very little about, we established that last week when I called storage RAM, which is not the same thing, okay? We've already been, we've already been there. But the very little that I do know is that hard drives are where you put stuff on your computer. Talked about it last week. It's where you put your games, put your videos, put your science experiments. Like you, just, you put it all on the hard drive. It all goes on the hard drive. But if you just keep adding and adding and adding and adding and adding, eventually, like you see in the picture, Eventually, you're going to start running out of room, and eventually, your hard drive gets full, and I don't know much about computers, but normally, red's bad. Red is normally bad, and when your hard drive starts getting full, we talked about it last week, there are two really basic negative effects that happen. One, your computer starts slowing down. In other words, it does not operate at its fullest potential, and number two, there's just no space to put anything else. When your hard drive is always full, it doesn't operate correctly, and there's no space to put anything else. And in the same way in our lives, when our schedules are always full, always maxed out, always things to do, got to go, got to go, got to go, got to go, living like an energizer bunny, on the go, 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 you'll always be stressed, always be anxious, and you'll never be operating at your full potential, and you'll never have any room to add anything else. And this whole series has been about the negative effects of having a full schedule and having no room to breathe. And today, I think one of the things that we need to talk about is that when our schedules look like this hard drive, it starts not just to affect your life and your stress, but it starts to affect your compassion. And so what I want to do today is I want to bring a message that I've entitled Crippled Compassion when you're just too busy to care. When you're just too busy to care. Put a five in chat if you've ever had a moment where you're just so stressed, so busy, got so much to do, you, you, just, you just don't care. Like, I just, I, my, my hard drive is so full, I don't have any room to give two craps about anything else, okay? Like, I just don't, I just don't have, I don't have any more, I don't have any more room. When we look at the definition of the word crippled, it really means severely damaged or malfunctioning. 
When your hard drive is full, it's not operating at its fullest potential. It's crippled. It's bogged down. It's malfunctioning. And the same thing starts happening in your heart. And when you're always busy, always stressed, I mean, you just start being different. You start, you, you, you get so easily triggered. I mean, like, we, we start going through Twitter and we start seeing people like just no compassion for one another. Maybe you've had moments where, and your children, and you're a great mom, and you love them, but your schedule is so full that your children are like, Mom, I need this, Mom, I need this. I, I don't care. I don't, have, I don't have time. Like, I just, I don't have time. And it doesn't just start affecting your schedule. It starts, it starts affecting your heart. Maybe you've been so busy and so stressed, you've had a conversation with someone, and they're pouring out your, their hearts to you, their struggles. And if you're honest, like, you're sitting there going like, why don't I care? Like, why do I just literally not care about the horrible thing you're telling me? Because you ain't got no more room. You ain't got no more room. There reaches a point in our lives where our hard drives and our lives and our schedules are so full, not only are we not operating at full capacity, crippled compassion, but then there's, there's no room. There's no room to care. And as followers of Jesus... It is imperative for you and I to have compassion for one another. I want you to read one scripture with me as we kind of set down a foundation for today's message because the reality is, like, compassion sometimes is not fun. Like, sometimes, naturally, you're not going to want to be compassionate. Like, a lot of times it goes against some people's nature, but I want you to read 1 Corinthians, 3, uh, 1 Corinthians 1, 3 to 4 with me. Praise be to God the Father, and of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves received from God. And if you're here and you would call yourself a Christian, which means you're a follower of Jesus, then we are following the standards, the teaching, and the lifestyle of Jesus. Now, I understand that for some of us, you might not be so naturally compassionate. And like, that's okay. But we need to get past the point where we think that compassion is only a personality trait. It's not just a personality trait. For some, it is. There are some people that are just really naturally compassionate, super caring, super kind, got that mother nurture for others. Like they're, they're very just naturally compassionate. And that might not be you, and that's okay. But we have to move past the point where we think that compassion's only a personality trait and understand that it is a God trait. It is something that Jesus has. He is the father of all compassion. And if we're going to call ourselves followers of Jesus, we need to be able to submit ourselves to the point where I'm not trying to be like a pastor, or I'm not trying to be like another person. I'm trying to be like Jesus. And, and I've heard the phrase, and maybe you've used it, well, I don't have time to be compassionate. Well, I don't have time to this. Or you might say, that, well, I'm not, I'm not that person, or I'm not this person, or I'm not a pastor. I didn't ask you if you're any of those things. I asked you if you're a follower of Jesus. Because if we're a follower of Jesus, we're aligning our lives with his characteristics, with his behavior. And if Jesus is compassionate, then we should be seeking to also 
improve and ask God to change us, transform us, do what comes unnatural to us. That's what it means to be a Christian. Jesus changed me. I really want to punch that guy in the face, but I probably shouldn't. (laughs) That is our lives. God, I really want to sin, but I probably shouldn't because I'm becoming more like Jesus. But if I'll be honest, I think in our age today, especially on the internet, I think many people are lacking compassion. But here's the thing. I don't think it's by coincidence that we live in a world that's busier than ever and also less compassionate than ever. I don't think they're by accident. I think there's a direct correlation that when your hard drive is full, you don't have any room left to care. So what I want to do is I want to read the same passage that we've been reading in the past several weeks, Mark chapter 2, and look at the life of Jesus. And again, we're not just studying his teachings, we're studying his way. Week number one, we read this passage, again, Mark chapter 2, looked at it through the lens of the idea of breathing room, where Jesus teaches that breathing room is important. Week number two, we went through it and read it through the lens of a schedule. Today, we're going to look at the same passage and read it through the lens of compassion. Read it with me, starting at verse 13. Once again, Jesus went outside beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were the Pharisees, these are religious leaders, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with the tax collectors and sinners? And on hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not called, I've not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. And I want to read this passage, and I want to study it and break it down and make a few observations and look at it through the lens of compassion. We've already established in the past few weeks that Jesus is showing us a lifestyle of breathing room. Again, we talked about it. He's in between two appointments here. He's got to preach in front of a lot of people, then he's got a dinner appointment. But in between it, he's walking. He's busy but not rushed. He's productive but not stressed. He's got stuff to do but not losing his mind. He's got room to breathe. But he didn't just have room to breathe, he had room for compassion. Let's go back to the very beginning and dissect this passage through the lens of compassion. Verse 13 again, once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. Let me make clear here, Jesus is just going to the lake. He's just in the lake doing his thing, and out of nowhere, a large crowd came to him. Now, this wasn't just one guy, this is a large crowd. This is literally like the living Twitch chat. They're like, Jesus, play Fortnite, play Fortnite. And are you kidding me, bro? Like, I'm just here doing my own thing. And many of us, like, we've seen the Twitch chat. We've seen the Twitter comments, these things that just come out of nowhere. And we might respond one way, but Jesus sees these people out of nowhere. They want to be taught. What does he do? He teaches them. Oh, you need my help? I'll help you. I'm just here at the lake doing my thing. But if you need 
If you need my help, I'll help you. This huge crowd came out of nowhere, but if you need me to teach you, I'll teach you. He had compassion on these people. And when I see in our world today, these things that come unexpectedly, these things that maybe we didn't plan for, these things that maybe come out of nowhere, when you are so busy, you just, you don't have time to care. My schedule is so busy, like, you don't have time to add anything and have compassion. I don't have room for compassion because you're just so busy. You've got crippled compassion. But here we see Jesus. Oh, you need, you need help? I'll help you. He had compassion for the people. Continuing down, verse 14. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told them. And Levi got up and followed him. We need to understand is Jesus, when he looks at Levi, some of you might understand him through the, better through the name Matthew. He doesn't just see a guy doing a bad thing. He sees a guy who's being rejected by most of society because people didn't like tax collectors back then. He says, hey, nobody likes that guy. You know what, I want to have dinner at your house. Did the same thing with Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, a guy sitting in the tree. He happened to be short just like me. Thank you, God. And he's sitting in the tree, and nobody likes Zacchaeus. And Jesus is like, hey, come down from there. I want to go to dinner at your house. Jesus had compassion for people that nobody else liked. Verse 15, while Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were sitting and eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. And I broke this down last week, but again, today we're looking at it through the lens of compassion. And I told you that back in that culture, they would have used the word reclined at the table. And I explained that when you recline at the table with someone, there's a level of comfort there. Like you're, you're, you're building a bond, you're getting a deep relationship. Like as a guest in someone's house, if you are reclining at the table, and they were reclining with each other, there was a level of intimacy and a level of comfort that they were having. You've moved past the point of like, is this a shoes on or shoes off kind of house? And you're moving into, I'm going to put my foot on the coffee table because I know that you're cool with it. Right, like you don't go to someone's house for the first time and it's like put your foot at the coffee table. Like, like there's there's a thing called manners, right? Praise God for them. But like when you start reclining at the table, there's a level of of comfort. But we need to understand about reclining at the table means that they've reached a place where there's there's closeness. Now Jesus was good at this, and he did this quick. Jesus was good with people. But that level of closeness, what I want you to grasp here, is it meant that there's a level of understanding. I'm talking with these people. I'm getting to know these people. I'm getting to see past the fact that you're a tax collector. I'm getting to see past the fact that you're a sinner. I'm getting to see past the fact that everyone else rejects you, but I accept you. And Jesus has a desire to understand and to have compassion for people despite their life choices. It doesn't mean he approves of their life choices, but he has compassion. Because Jesus had breathing room in his life, he was not only able to go to Matthew's house, but he was able to have enough time to sit there long enough to get to know and understand people. 
and talk with people. He had enough room in his schedule to care. Jesus is not having small talk. When you're busy, you have a lot of small talk with a lot of different people. Small talk here, small talk. It never gets past the how you doing, God's good, hallelujah. Like it never gets past these, but it's just small talk. Jesus is having deep talk. Deep, intimate conversation, reclining at the table because he cared enough to ask the questions. He cared enough to get behind the stuff that everybody sees. He cared enough to get past all that, and he had compassion for people. And they're having a conversation. They're having a great time. They're caring for one another. Jesus is showing compassion. But then, oh, wait, here come the Pharisees. <laughs> and to really understand this story, I have to paint a picture for you. Because houses didn't look back then like they do now. Like, you didn't have these doors with, like, you know, deadbolt locks and, like, security cameras and, like, tinted windows. Like, you didn't have, like, shades. Like, they were very different back then. Like, sometimes you could be walking by someone's house and you could just, like, see into their kitchen because there's, like, an open clay window. Like, there was, things were very different back then. So, like, you think Karen is bad getting up in your business? Like, these Pharisees, when they join the story, like, literally, I picture them, like, sticking their head in the window. Be like, what's Jesus doing here? How'd you even get here, bro? Like, you weren't even invited to this party. But here they are, and the Pharisees step in in the middle of this conversation. They weren't there from the beginning. They weren't actually at this party. But look at verse 16. When the teachers of the law, the ones who had mastered the religious rules, who were the Pharisees. These are the obnoxious Christians that most of us don't like and the people that most people don't want to go to church for. That's these people. When they saw, when they saw him eating. When they saw him eating, they weren't a part of the conversation. They weren't also reclined at the table. They weren't also getting close with these people. They weren't also asking the questions. They weren't also caring about these people like Jesus. These Pharisees are just looking from a distance. I just, I just saw something. They're in the middle of a conversation. I have no context. I don't really know what's going on, but I'm just going to insert myself. Here I am. Here I am, and they don't understand what's going on. When you don't understand, you will almost always lack compassion. Almost always lack compassion when you don't understand. It's very hard to care about something that you don't get. It's very hard to care about something you don't understand. If you don't understand why something's happening, why it took place, it's very hard for you to care. So when you join something in the middle, with no context, no understanding. It's very hard for you to show compassion. And because they don't understand these people like Jesus does, they ask a very common question that people ask when you don't understand. Further down on that list, the disciples asked, why? Why? Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners. By simply that three-letter word why, the Pharisees are establishing, I don't understand what's happening here. Sticking my head in the window in the middle. I wasn't really invited to the party. I'm not in the context. I'm not reclined. I'm not close with these people. But here I am. Why? Why? Why is this happening? I'm seeing something they saw. 
I'm seeing something I don't get, I don't like, but I'm just going to answer it myself. I don't know about you, but to me it kind of sounds like Twitter. I'm not really close with these people. I'm not in proximity. I'm not reclined at the table with the people that I'm connecting with. Maybe I've never been on Discord and had an intimate conversation and got to understand and see the why behind the decisions they make, the why behind the conversations they're having. I don't get to see behind all the things that people say. To them. I don't know these people, but I see something while I'm scrolling. I just, I saw. I know y'all are in the middle of a 37 comment thread, but I see it. Why? Like, I, I, don't like, I don't like what I'm seeing. The Pharisees made it very clear, Jesus, I disagree with you sitting with the tax collectors and sinners. I haven't been a part of the conversation. I don't really know what's going on. I wasn't actually invited to the party. But here I am in the comments. And here's the deal. The Bible teaches us to be quick to listen, slow to speak. But because we lack compassion, because we're so busy, we've reached a point where we're, we're quick to scroll and quick to comment. I don't really know what's going on here. I don't really understand it. But I, I'm going to comment. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interject myself at a dinner party that I'm not at, wasn't invited to, showed up in the middle, don't know what's going on, don't even know the people involved. But somehow my comment is going to be of value. Somehow a comment in a conversation I don't understand to a bunch of people I don't know, somehow it's, it's going to be of value. The reality is, like, the same social skills that we apply in real life, they have to operate online. Like, we wouldn't go up to a circle of people that we don't know, that we don't understand, in the middle of their conversation, and just be like, hey, can I just, can I just interject and just say a few things? Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> like, no you, no, you cannot. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> like, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Why? Because you don't know them. They don't know you. You haven't reclined. There's no understanding. You don't understand one another. You don't know one another. Unless you've spent ample amount of time on Discord with these people, talking to them, getting behind their heart, getting to know the why, it will be almost impossible for you to have compassion. And so here's what I've come to tell many of us Christians on Twitter and on the internet. If you haven't reclined, stop responding. If you are not reclining, stop responding. Stop interjecting ourselves in conversations, looking through the window going, why? Jesus with these, I don't like this situation. Let me just say a few things. Let me just throw some information out there. I don't know the context, wasn't invited to the party, don't even know who you are. Let me just say a few things. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't work. It, it just, it doesn't work. It really is as simple as it, it doesn't work. If you're not reclining, stop responding. 
You, you don't have to add a comment. It, it, it actually, most of the time, doesn't add value because they don't know you, you don't know them. There's, there's no relationship. There's no understanding. You, for the most part, are an internet stranger to half the people you're responding to on Twitter. But we lack compassion because, man, we just scrolling so fast, so busy. So busy. And I'm just going to be a Pharisee. I wasn't invited to this conversation. Nobody, nobody asked my opinion. But I'm just going to throw it in there anyway. Just going to put it out there. Just going to say a few things to a bunch of people I don't know. And I think that I'm going to get compassion and truth across in 160 characters or less. I, I somehow think that I'm going to be able to portray truth and compassion in a comment that is long enough in 160 characters or less. Do you understand that Twitter is literally designed to keep you from long conversations? There is a limit for a reason. Short and sweet. Truth and grace normally cannot be short and sweet. So what happens is we just throw compassion out the window. Well, there's not, there's not enough time for compassion. Not enough characters for compassion. So I'll just say truth. It's got to be both. It's got to be both. I know that we want to share truth, and truth is important. And everything that is said must be true. But not everything that is true must be said. If you're not reclining, stop responding. Just keep scrolling. You know what the Pharisees, if they really had good social skills, would have done? There's a party. Keep walking. But instead, stick my head in the window. What's going on here? Who are you? Like, what? like why? Why are you? When, when, he, when the Pharisees said why, I would have been like, why you? Like, we're, just, we're just doing our thing. Like, we're just doing our thing. Like, what? Why are you here? <laughs> Where did you come from? Like, we need some windows. Like, it just doesn't make sense. But here's what we're doing. Is we're putting out information to all the world that Christians don't have compassion. We're putting out on a public forum that everybody can see that all we do is eat each other alive. And if I wasn't already saved by the grace of God, I don't know if I'd want to be one. If all I had was Twitter and YouTube comments of people saying this and that, and truth is important, and theology is important, and those things are good. But normally correction comes best from people that you're actually close with, people that you actually recline with. So, Christians, I've just come to tell you today, if you're not reclining, stop responding. We need to have compassion, but we normally don't because we're just so busy. And here's the thing. If you read a Twitter comment and you don't have time to understand it, then you don't have time to respond to it. You just don't have the time. If you can't get the context and the heart and know the people and understand what's going on and have been invited to the party, don't respond to it. Just 
Keep scrolling. Keep scrolling. But I literally believe there is no coincidence behind the fact that we are busier than ever and have less compassion than ever. When these these Pharisees asked why, it made it very clear that one, you don't understand Jesus' mission, and two, you don't understand their condition. Because if you really understood my mission, you wouldn't ask why. If you understood that I've come to seek and save those that are lost. Jesus said it in verse 17. On hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And by the Pharisees asking why, they made very clear, I don't understand your mission. But two, they didn't understand their condition. The Pharisees only saw bad people, wretched people. But Jesus saw hurting people that needed healing. What's the difference? The Pharisees, their hard drive was full with being right, with memorizing the Bible, with making sure they had all the answers. They didn't have any room for compassion. But Jesus did. Jesus, who was God, busier than anybody, saving the world and making it and sustaining it, he had room for compassion. He had room to see past the sin. He had room in his hard drive, had room in his heart, had room in his schedule to see past their flaws. These are not just broken, wretched people that need to be thrown away. These are hurting people that need to be healed. They need a Savior. They need God. They need love. They need compassion. But I promise you, if you want to have a heart like God, if you want to have a heart like Jesus, you're going to need to have a schedule like Jesus. A schedule that has room for compassion and a schedule that has room to breathe. But here's the deal that we're talking through all this series. Let's put that graphic back up on the screen. You can't just keep adding. You can't just keep adding. And if that's your schedule and that's your life, you don't have room for compassion. So here's what we keep bringing up every week. What's got to go? We need to make real practical steps in our lives. What am I going to remove from my life? So, man, I got room to care. Some of you, you've been so stressed out, you just, you're not yourself. You've been so busy, you're, just, you're, you're not yourself. You're so worried, you're not yourself. And you're not a bad per- you're not a bad mother. You're just full. I've got to make some room. You're not a bad friend. Well, you might be a bad friend, praise God, and pray for him to help you. But here's the deal. You might not just automatically be a bad friend. You might just be full. You might not be bad at your job. You might not be incompetent. You might just be full. And so we can't just add compassion. We're going to have to make some room in my life. Because when we have crippled compassion, we're just too busy to care, man. Too many projects, too much responsibility, too many hours, too many of this, too many of that, too many of this, too many of that. I don't have room. I don't have room to care. But as we circle back all the way back to the very beginning, compassion is not just a personality trait. It's a trait of God that if we're going to be followers of Jesus, 
God, help us to be more compassionate, more kind, more loving towards one another. Because there are hurting people. We've got to see past the pain. We've got to understand. We've got to ask the right questions. We've got to have compassion for people. As we wrap up our time, I want to read two last scriptures to you. As we start discussing the topic of compassion, I want to read 1 Peter 3.8. Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate, and be humble. Colossians 3.12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, and humility, gentleness, and patience. And here's the deal. Compassion at times is hard to do. Like sometimes it's hard to care. Sometimes it might not even be you're just so busy. Sometimes compassion comes unnatural to you. Like some people just hear a story and they're like, sucks for you, bro. But the reality is, like, if compassion is not natural to you, there are lots of things that are not natural to us. But we need to go before God and say, God, I can't continue to be like me. I need to be transformed to be like you. And if I lack compassion, God, I need you to help me get some. If I hear stories and I just, I don't care, what that means is that we have growth to do. We all have growth to do, including me. I need more compassion. Many of us need more compassion. You might be the most compassionate person I know. You still need more compassion because our highest level of compassion falls short in comparison to the compassion of God. And so what I want to do is I want to spend a few minutes. I want to spend a few minutes just praying. I want to give you opportunity to literally get before God. So literally wherever you are watching the world, maybe you want to maybe you want to get on your knees. Maybe you want to sit down, which you might already be doing. Maybe you want to stand up and walk around your room. And I want to give you a few moments as Fife and Amanda continue to lead us in worship. And I want you to take a moment to respond and to come face to face with your own heart and say, God, I acknowledge I need to be more compassionate. I need to love people. Maybe for you it is that you're always spamming on Twitter. Maybe for you, you just you hear stories and you're like, man, I just it sounds bad, but I just don't care. We all got our own issues, myself included. But it's all about all coming back to the same standard of am I submitting my life to Jesus and asking, God, do I have room to be more like you? And I promise you the answer is yes. I promise you the answer is yes. And so as Amanda and Fife lead us in worship, I want to encourage you to take some, a few moments, just, just in your own time. Pray, ask God, God, help me to be more compassionate so that I can be like you. Why don't you take a few minutes and pray.
to be made more like the heart of Jesus. God, I pray that, God, you would break our hearts for the things that break yours. May we look at people the way that you look at people. May we treat each other the way that, God, you've called us to treat each other. May we have compassion for one another. May we have compassion for one another, for each other, for people in the world, for people in our workplaces. I pray that, God, we would move past the point of thinking compassion is just a personality trait. You're either born with it or not. No, Jesus, it's a, it's a God characteristic that we are submitting ourselves to say, if I'm not compassionate, I need to be transformed to be more like Jesus. I need to conform to His image and to His likeness. And God, I pray for every single one of us because no matter where we feel like we fall on some sort of compassion spectrum, we need more of it. We need more of it. This isn't about some of us getting on other people's levels. This is about all of us becoming more like Jesus. However compassionate we feel like we are, we, we are nowhere near as compassionate as God. And so I, I pray today, God, for me, for our church, for every person here, Help us to be more like Jesus. Help us to, God, make room in our schedule because when we're just so full, there's no room for compassion. We're just too busy to care. And I just pray, God, that you would help a generation of the church that got our compassion is crippled, it's severely damaged, it's malfunctioning. And God, I just, I do not believe that there is no coincidence between the fact that we are both busier than ever and have less compassion than ever. 
And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would help us. Help us today, Lord. Help us today, Lord. We thank you for the compassion that, God, you bestowed upon us when you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for us. God, we thank you that you didn't look down at the world and say, y'all have been so messed up for so long, I'm done. No more room to care. First time you screwed it up, second time, third time, maybe. But by the nine millionth time, I, I don't have room to care anymore. But Jesus, your compassion, it, it just, it never ran out. It never ran out. And despite the sins that we continue at times to, to commit, you just keep pouring out compassion. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your compassion. And we thank you, God, that you, you did. You sent your son Jesus to come down to this earth to die on the cross for us so that all who would put their hope and trust and ask you to forgive us of our sins, that we could receive eternal life, that we could have a relationship with God. And we thank you that today, because of your compassion, we've been saved, we've been set free. We have eternity in heaven. We are no longer our old selves. We are made new. Thank you, Jesus, that your compassion, your mercy, your grace has saved us. But that same compassion you bestowed on us, may we bestow it on each other so that we might represent you. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And I want to tell you today, friends, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how many times you've done it. It does not matter where you've been. God's compassion is for you. It's for you. He loves you, cherishes you. Let me tell you, his hard drive is not full. He's got enough room for compassion. Yes, maybe even for someone like you. He loves you, cherishes you, and his grace is for you. And Jesus died on the cross to save you from your sins died rose from the grave three days later so that whoever would put their trust in Jesus they could be forgiven and today that forgiveness is offered to you he offered it to me he offered it to many people here he offers it to all and today if you're here and you want to receive the compassion the forgiveness of God can I tell you you don't ever have to have been in church before it doesn't even matter what you did right before church started Today, I believe God's calling you by name, and he's inviting you to say yes to him, to accept him as your Lord of Savior, and to say, you know what? I'm not going my old way anymore. Today, I want to follow Jesus. He is the way. And if that's you, I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. As you make your own decision, we can't force you to do it. It's got to be your decision. But if that's you, I, I encourage you to pray this prayer with you as you make a decision and say yes to follow Jesus. Pray this with me. God, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. And I ask you, God, to forgive me of my sins and to be my Lord and my Savior. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your mercy. And I thank you for your compassion. Today, I begin a new life. My sin is gone. I am forgiven. I am made new. And help me to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray.
Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, will you put your hands together, spam the Jesus hype in the chat to celebrate with those that right now are saying yes to follow Jesus. Hey, congratulations. If you just prayed that prayer, hey, would you be bold and would you go ahead and put a yes in chat, symbolizing that right now you just made a decision to follow Jesus. And here's the deal. If you did pray that prayer, I'm putting a link in chat for you right now. We want to encourage you to click that link. We want to give you some resources of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. What does it mean to pray, read the Bible? What's church all about? What is that thing called the water baptism, which by the way, is happening during second service. So if you're watching this later, Jinjo's a pre-congratulations on that baptism. Praise God, come on somebody. And here's the deal, we wanna give you resources on what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Click that link. We wanna have one of our pastors reach out to you and connect with you and congratulate you that today you're making a decision to follow Jesus. And friends, this is what it's all about. This is the mission that Jesus shared. He has not called to come to healthy, but to called to reach the sick. And every single week, we have the opportunity to present the story of Jesus with people around the world. Every week, we have the opportunity to care for people, to love people. Our pastors are pouring out compassion on people. And all of that is simply made possible because of you. Thank you, thank you so much to every single one of you that show generosity here at God Squad Church. And I want to encourage you, worship is not just the songs we sing. It's not just the sermon portion. Worship is our entire lives. And one of the ways that we worship God is we trust God in our finances. I know for some of you that might be scary, but I want to encourage you. The Bible teaches it is better to give than it is to receive. And I want to tell you, we talked about it in the message. Sometimes people don't understand the why. The why that we give is because we love God. He gave to us his son, so we give to him our whole lives. It's a part of our worship. And I want to challenge you today. If you've never trusted God in your finances, I want to tell you today's a beautiful day to start. And you can give here at God Squad Church to continue to see lives impacted, to see lives change, and to hear more people whose lives are changed by the story of Jesus. And I want to read you about one person in our community who your giving is impacting. Her name is Breach, Breach, Breach. And I want to read this quick to you. There's a large percentage of the population who deal with health problems or disabilities that make it hard to be out in IRL society, meaning to be out in the normal physical world. So they are hidden and they're unknown. It's rare anymore for churches to have ministries for visiting people who are stuck at home for various reasons. My physical problems make it hard for me to speak or leave my home, but at God Squad Church, I'm seen, I'm heard, I'm loved, and people spend time with me. It's also a place where I can be there for others who are struggling. My God Squad Church sisters and brothers help me to keep my head above water. I doubt I would have survived the isolation of the past six years without God Squad Church, especially since COVID started. Will you put your hands together and celebrate Breach and the life that has been changed? And I want to tell you, it is an honor for us here at God Squad Church to impact people around the world. But this is only possible because of your generosity. And so we want to say thank you. There are people just like Breach being impacted. And I want to encourage you today, maybe today is the first day you trust God with your finances. However much you're giving, sincerely, we want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for your partnership. God bless you as you give. Here at God Squad Church, there are multiple safe and secure ways for you to give. You can go to the panels below this stream and give through PayPal. You can also go to our website, godsquadchurch.com slash give and set up a one-time or monthly donation of any amount. Lastly, you can text any amount to the number 84321 to set up a quick and easy way to give. No matter what amount you're giving, we're grateful for your generosity. Thank you for helping us reach gamers around the world.